0: It's October 28th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. First up, the midterm elections are approaching and the issue of illegal migration is driving part of the conversation of who we ought to vote for. We are going to talk about the costs of that illegal migration based on a shocking $1 billion claim from New York City's mayor. As always, I'm keeping an eye out for developing stories. Put these two on your radar. First, a wind farm in Germany is actually being torn down to expand a coal mine. We'll discuss that. Second, lights are going out all across Ukraine, and so too are people joining protests all across Europe. I'll give you both of those updates related to the war of attrition in Ukraine. And as always, we've got a listener question today. It's about the prospect of electoral fraud in pennsylvania but first let's get started with today's main brief for the past six months we've been talking a lot on the pdb about illegal migration and how it's overwhelmed our southern border we are seeing record numbers of illegals crossing over about 2.3 million this year that's according to the u.s government's latest numbers released a week ago today as you likely know, that 2.3 million number doesn't include the hundreds of thousands of more illegals who are called gotaways, or those folks who stuck across the border without being caught. So this morning, we are going to remind ourselves about some of the costs of those folks coming to America illegally. And we're going to start with one city that's gotten a lot of press about this problem, and that is New York City. So to refresh our memories, the mayor of that sanctuary city, a man named Eric Adams, is now declaring a state of emergency because he's having to deal with about 20,000 or so illegals. Now, when we talk about the costs, there are very obvious ones. For example, shelter. Mayor Adams is having to provide tents and hotel rooms, even considering the rental of a cruise ship and a, a vacant summer camp. I've shared that with you previously. Meanwhile, he's also providing them an education. According to Mayor Adams, the city enrolled 5,500 migrant children into its public school system in just the past couple months. But that is coming at a cost. The city is already facing a teacher shortage, so the addition of thousands of new students is stretching schools to the brink. So just one example, in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of Manhattan, they received over 100 migrant children this year, and it's pushed the average class size from 25 students to 38 students. In addition, most of these kids don't speak English, and without enough bilingual teachers, well, teachers are forced to spend extra time assisting these foreign students at the expense of other kids. And just to make sure that you don't think that that's my opinion, listen to the president of one of New York City's education councils, someone named Lucas Liu, who framed the problem in this way, quote, getting 40 to 50 asylum students obviously is going to have an impact on the classroom and space in the school and even what's happening in the curriculum. If the teacher needs to spend extra time supporting these migrant students, well, are the other students getting the assistance that they need in the classroom? End quote. So if you add up all of these extra expenses for the 20,000 illegals from shelter, food, schooling, medical, and, and so on, Mayor Adams is now claiming that he will need up to $1 billion extra billion by the end of this year to pay for it all. Now, <laughs> if you were as shocked as I was at that number, an extra $1 billion this year for 20,000 migrants, well, you should do what I did. Triple check that number because it is so outrageous to make you think that it's wrong. But I'm telling you, it's not. That is what he's claiming, according to the mayor's office and media reports from CBS, ABC, Fox News and others. And it's just shocking and and worth repeating, actually. One billion extra dollars for one city with 20,000 migrants. When the whole of America has just had 2.3 million encounters in the last year. It look as bad as that is and it is. There's another big cost here that we're missing. It might impact you directly or someone you love. So to understand what this risk is, I want you to ask yourself this. What do these 20,000 migrants do during the day? What keeps them busy? Well, many try to find work because either they want to or they need to, especially if they're supporting family back in their home countries. But that's a problem. You see, most of these 20,000 illegals in the New York City area are asylum seekers. And according to U.S. law, asylum seekers are not allowed to work for at least 180 days after they apply for asylum. And if they do get a job before that time, well, that jeopardizes their asylum applications. But, you know, many of these illegals are doing it anyway. That's the finding from an investigative report by Bloomberg News out earlier this week. And what Bloomberg found was that these illegals are gravitating towards jobs like those in construction, restaurant kitchens, delivery services, and childcare services. And that's because those industries largely pay in cash and require little to no documentation. Now, some of us might be tempted to say, well, who cares? We, the rest of us, benefit from that cheap labor because it gives us cheap products. Or, you know, those jobs kind of stink so i'm glad somebody wants them well with great respect clearly that argument is not coming from an existing worker in those industries because there are people doing that work in new york city right now and they're already getting paid low or minimum wages and why does that matter well it means that these existing workers are now having an increasingly difficult time demanding higher wages And that's because they have this new, very cheap competition in the form of these illegal migrants. And that is precisely what the Academies of Science, Engineering and Medicine found in a 2017 report entitled The Economic and Fiscal Consequences of Immigration. So what the report found is exactly what we're seeing in the New York City area this morning. If you are a low skilled American especially with a high school diploma or less, including if you're an immigrant who arrived just a few years ago, well, then you are substantially harmed by illegal migrants like the 20,000 now in New York City. Those illegals, folks, push down wages for blue-collar workers with low-skilled jobs. Let me give you but one very small example. Bloomberg News interviewed a 33-year-old woman, an illegal migrant seeking asylum and she applied for a seamstress job in Manhattan, even though legally she shouldn't have. Regardless, the company actually offered her a job, but at 10 bucks an hour. Well, that is less than the city's minimum wage of $15 an hour. So that means two things. First, this poor woman is being taken advantage of and shame on that company. Second, At 10 bucks an hour, she is now making it harder for the other employees to demand better wages or better working conditions. And that's a really, really big deal for the people of New York City. According to the mayor's office, 37% of the city's residents are immigrants. And of that, 7% are illegals. That's about 500, 580,000 people, often very poor people, who now have fresh competition. And folks, if that's happening in New York city with 20,000 illegal migrants, I want you to imagine what's happening in cities all around America, because it's worth repeating. We had 2.3 million encounters last year at the Southern border. And at least half of those folks are now in America looking for jobs and depressing wages for our most financially vulnerable friends and neighbors. So with that let's pivot from facts and data this morning to analysis and opinion because reasonable people can disagree here on what this all means how much we should really care and what to do about it if we do care so whenever this issue comes into the headlines i always think of a man named cesar chavez as a lot of you probably know from your history books mr chavez was born in yuma arizona in 1927. He worked in the fields as a young man, and he saw a bunch of injustices. And so he went on to found the United Farm Workers Union of America. He advocated for higher wages and better working conditions for the mostly Hispanic workers that he represented in the agricultural industry. Folks, he was viciously and tenaciously against illegal migration, specifically illegal Mexican migrants coming across the border to work who undermined his union members, most of whom were legal Mexican workers. So if you're not aware, Cesar Chavez said and did stuff back in the 1960s and 70s that would frankly make us blush today. So his brother, for example, set up what they called wet lines to stop or beat up illegals trying to cross over from Mexico. In other words, they were Hispanic vigilante groups targeting other Hispanics. Plus, Cesar Chavez called these illegal border crossers illegals, and much, much worse. In fact, there's one infamous exchange with a co-founder of his union, a woman named Dolores Huerta. She was objecting to his use of the words wetback and illegals, saying, quote, the people themselves aren't illegal. The action of being in this country maybe is illegal, end quote. Well, Chavez snapped back at her, saying, quote, you guys get these hang up about words. Damn it. How are we supposed to build a union? They're wets, you know, they're wets and let's go after them. End quote. That's some pretty inflammatory stuff. By the time he died in 1993, some people argue that he shifted his positions on what language is appropriate to use in this debate or whether America should let illegals in. But the point remains then and now. There are very serious and profound costs to a country, to a city, to an economy, and of course, to Americans and our lives when you have no functional borders and instead you embrace a policy of, well, if you can get here, you can stay here. And that's what we're seeing this morning all across America, from New York City to Yuma, Arizona. Folks, we have overwhelmed schools And American kids who are not learning as well as they could. We have overburdened hospitals and doctors who are taking on new patients, which delays care for others. And all told, and boy, oh boy, we should say this again, in New York City, all of those costs are going to run about a billion dollars just for one year. But there's another cost, isn't there? It's a cost for working class America like a seamstress in Manhattan working for 15 bucks an hour who had been hoping to get a raise. But then, as Bloomberg's investigation showed, a 33-year-old illegal migrant showed up desperate and was offered 10 bucks an hour. So now our native seamstress has got some very cheap competition. Look, I, I deeply and completely appreciate the counter arguments here. Like cheap labor means cheap produce or cheap clothes for consumers like you and I. And as always, I defer to you on whether that's an overriding argument here. But I think it's important as we wrestle with this to think about that native-born seamstress or the legal immigrant who's been here for 20 years. We need to think about them, the working class of America. They should count for something. Because when so many of us don't work next to them in, say, America's fields or factories, it's pretty easy to forget about them. But if you're ever tempted to, just remember this. Their pain of lower wages or lost job shouldn't be our gain. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, a closer look at what's on my radar. Two quick briefs for you, one on a wind farm in Germany and the other on the war in Ukraine. We'll be right back.
1: and use promo code PDB at checkout. Mike Baker here. Let's talk warranties. I know, that's exactly what you were hoping I'd say. Let me ask you this. Would you buy a car without a warranty? No, of course you wouldn't. What about your other important big-ticket purchases? Specifically, your home's appliances and critical systems. Again, the answer should be no. The bottom line is that every day is a good day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems, and that's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. With an American Home Shield warranty, unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or a faulty water heater won't break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are taken care of just like that. And having that sort of reassurance, well, that's peace of mind. Choose a plan that works for you and your budget and then it's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, well, you contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So when it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry, get warrantied. Now, I don't know if "warranted" is an actual word, but let's go with it. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com Mike, M-I-K-E. For more details, see ahs.com contracts for coverage details including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. At New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer.
0: Welcome back to the PDB. As always, I'm watching a few other stories this morning. Put these two on your radar. First, an energy development out of Germany this morning that might just be a warning for us here in America. A wind farm, it seems, is being shut down so that a coal mine can expand. So here are those details in the northwestern part of Germany, in the state where you find the cities of Dusseldorf and Cologne, There's a modest wind farm, about eight wind turbines in all, that's been around for about 20 years. Well, it turns out that those wind blades aren't turning fast enough. They are not producing enough reliable energy, which Germany very much needs as Russia shuts off the natural gas spigot because of the war in Ukraine. So Germany's government decided to authorize a nearby coal mine to expand their operations, which requires that the wind turbines be taken down Again, so that the ground can be properly mined. Well, as you can probably guess, environmental activists and the local government are both outraged, saying that it's a step in the wrong direction as the globe needs to tackle climate change. But with lawsuits now exhausted, the opposition is out of tools to stop the mine's expansion. The point, of course, is that if the wind turbines were providing sufficient electricity on a reliable basis, they would still be there. You wouldn't need to mine the coal or even have the coal plant, but you do. And it's a sobering reminder that as we push hard into the renewable or dirty green energy revolution, that perhaps a bit of caution might be in order. Maybe we should be learning some lessons from our dear friends in Germany. Second, and speaking of the war in Ukraine, a couple pieces of news on that front First, we've got continued bad news for the citizens of Ukraine with Russia stepping up its bombings over the past 24 hours on Ukraine's power plants and electricity grid. The capital city of Kiev or Kyiv has announced that instead of four hour blackouts each day as planned, well, that's going to be extended for hours beyond that because of these latest bombings. So how many more hours will they have to go without electricity? Well, as of this morning, we don't know. No one does, apparently. The damage is still being assessed, and city officials have promised an update as soon as they know more, but as of this morning, they don't. Which takes us to the second notable update out of Europe for our war in Ukraine. We're getting reports from the Wall Street Journal and European Press that citizens in Belgium, The Czech Republic, Hungary, and Germany are all taking to the streets in protest, either outraged by the high cost of living, especially energy prices, or demanding an end to the war in Ukraine. And that's especially true in Eastern Germany, which for my history buffs, you all know that that area used to be under then Soviet Union control for many years. So there's a degree of affinity and support for Russian interests in that part of Germany. Still, polls are showing fairly consistent support for Europe's efforts to support Ukraine. These protests, while notable and persistent, don't seem to be taking off on a mass scale. Now, that could change as the winter arrives and folks start shivering from a lack of heat or businesses continue to struggle with high energy prices. And to that point, and listen to this, the head of the IFO Institute, which is an economic think tank that advises the German government, they're highlighting that one out of every four companies in Germany is either considering or has already laid off employees. And with that, one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back.
1: Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off Thinking it's too costly or too complicated, or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true, finding the right policy on your own can be time consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle and they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com.
2: a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today.
0: Welcome back to the PDB, ladies and gentlemen. I've got one more thing before I let you go. Jack in Western Pennsylvania wrote in and he asked if I had seen the comments from his state's secretary of the Commonwealth saying that it could take days to count all the votes after the upcoming midterm elections. So Jack's question is, how do any of us trust this process? When you give people days to count a vote, well, weird things tend to happen. So let me first get everybody caught up on what Jack's referencing. Pennsylvania's acting secretary of the Commonwealth, a woman named Leah Chapman. She was on a TV show called Meet the Press, and she was asked by the host, well, how long might it take to have a final tally of the votes after the upcoming midterm elections? And Ms. Chapman replied by saying, days. Well, it's really hard to estimate. So she claimed that it's because of a state law restricting when mail-in ballots could begin to be counted. So she said the process of counting will take some time, definitely not on election night. And then she added, quote, delays in results do not mean anything bad is happening. It doesn't mean the ballots are showing up out of nowhere, end quote. Well, I mean, maybe, but <laughs> But I've got to say, I share Jack's concern, alarm, and frankly, mistrust. Generally speaking, the longer that you wait from the time of voting to the announced results, well, the greater the chances that something rotten is going to happen. It just logically, that's true. It doesn't mean that it will. It just means that the probability rises. So will that happen in this case in Pennsylvania? I don't know. But what I do know is that reasonable people start to lose trust in the process when these delays happen. So Jack, here's my counsel, and frankly to everybody, vote. Vote in November. And whatever comes after that, most especially for my friends in Pennsylvania, it seems like some laws might need to be changed, or y'all might need some more ballot counters. Because waiting for days, or who knows how long, because it's really hard to estimate, well that's just unacceptable and not for democrats or republicans and not just for pennsylvania but for the country folks we can do better than that and if someone tells you that it's difficult or impossible well then frankly something very suspicious is probably going on and that ladies and gentlemen concludes your morning brief as always we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter eight, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.
2: What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not non-partisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts
0: are available.
2: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful